Welcome to the Army Talent Management Podcast, where we explore how the Army is optimizing its human capital management practices to develop a ready, professional, diverse, and integrated team of trusted professionals that are prepared to fight and win in a complex world. Talent wins, and winning matters. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Lieutenant Colonel Bradley Cooper. Welcome back to the Army Talent Management Podcast, a podcast that is produced and maintained by members of the Army Talent Management Task Force. In this episode, we're going to discuss the importance and understanding on knowledge, skills, and behaviors, or commonly called KSBs. We'll also receive a few pointers on how to develop your resume as you enter in the Army Talent Alignment Process, or ATAP, or folks call it the Marketplace, that is currently on the AIM2 platform. This episode is a two-part series with next month's episode talking about the importance of conducting interviews and TTPs in order for to make yourself successful inside the marketplace. So moving on from that, I would like to welcome Lieutenant Colonel Greg Lockhart, our guest speaker today. He currently resides on the Army Talent Management Task Force as an accident officer for developing training and resource materials, but he's also really known on the task force as the KSB guru extraordinaire. Greg, tell us about yourself. Hey, thanks, Brad. Hey, so I'm uh, Lieutenant Colonel Greg Lockhart. I've been in the Army for about uh, 16 and a half years. I started my time in Hawaii as a reconnaissance platoon leader. Uh, then I was a company commander at Fort Hood, Texas. After that, I did a two-year tour at HRC, where I was a career manager for Armor Branch, assigning uh, lieutenants and junior captains to their next assignment. After that, I did a tour in Korea, and then I did my KD time at 4th Infantry Division. And then after that, I came to the Talent Management Task Force, where uh, I became the KSB guru extraordinaire. Nice. Thanks, Greg. Um, thanks for being a part of this. Well, you know, which I hope this uh, episode is to be a very informative podcast, and you will be able to clearly, um, excuse me, you guys will be able to clear the air on the importance of KSBs and what expectations are um, when it comes to officers' resumes as they prepare for the upcoming marketplace. So, so thanks for being on. Thank you. So let's just jump right into it. So you've been, like I said, you've been serving on the Army Talent Management Task Force for a little over two years. And uh, you have dedicated that time to being on the task force to go, what I'm trying to say is you're the go-to person for all things KSBs. Please provide the audience an overview of what KSBs are. Yeah, sure. So knowledge, skills, and behaviors are KSBs are foundational to everything the Army is doing, moving towards the modernization of our talent management efforts. And you've probably heard people talk about moving the Army's personnel management system into the 21st century, and a lot of that hinges on the ability of the Army to collect data on our soldiers. KSBs allow us to do that in a very efficient and effective manner by not looking totally at experience or performance to make it an assessment of talent, but by looking at individual measurable attributes gained from experiences or performance of a task. Now we've developed some real sciencey definitions to explain what KSBs are, but put simply, a knowledge is what I know. And this could be anything from basic automotive or mechanical knowledge to more advanced things like knowledge of nuclear fission reaction, right? A skill is what I can do. So when you think of a skill, it's items like small arms marksmanship, problem solving, or communication that you can be skilled in. And behavior is how I act. So think about things like discipline or dependability. Now, KSBs are important because they provide a snapshot of the abilities of our personnel that we may not be able to capture from an evaluation report or an officer record brief or an enlisted record brief. 
We can also develop ways to measure KSBs that the Army feels are important to current and future mission sets. And this allows us to collect data over the career span of an individual to track both their development as well as their overall capabilities. So really, KSBs bring the Army into the 21st century talent management by providing us data points that we can actually search for to identify the talent in our formation. No, that's interesting, man. And I, I bet you have a lot of questions that come across because um, with me being and in, in serving with you on the task force, I know I've gone over to your cubicle many of times and be like, hey, man, how do you spell KSBs? But I, I appreciate you giving that rundown on that. But a follow on question to that is how does the KSBs influence the market from like the officer side of the house? No, that's a great question. You know, right now we're asking officers to self-press KSBs within the ATAP market. This gives us a snapshot of the KSBs within our current personnel inventory, and it also allows units to search for officers based on specific skill sets. So if a unit needs someone with knowledge of contracting or a skilled team builder, they search and target officers who've professed those skills within the resume and profile. KSBs really allow an officer the ability to align themselves with jobs where their unique skills are desired. And when officers are selecting KSBs, I always tell them, you know, you should start with the personal attribute list first. It's going to be the most relevant and the most helpful within the market. And remember, you're not required to have KSBs from every list. We have about five to six experiential lists in there to include the personal attribute list. Only select what's useful and pertains to you. If you've held no civilian employment or additional duties for your positions, there's no need to use those experiential lists. But if you have had that stuff and they you know, provide a benefit to a gaining organization, uh, you can use them if you need them. Also, when you're professing your KSBs, always just be honest. This is your time to select this is not your time to select all 198 KSBs and rate yourself. This is not a time to uh, you know, highlight how great Brad Cooper is or how great Greg Lockhart is. What you wanna do is, is you wanna select your most important KSBs, you feel you're strong in, and give an honest assessment of your skill level. And this really helps units kinda identify officers that they wanna bring to their organization. A unit doesn't have time to look at all 198 of your KSBs and then determine if you're the right fit for their organization. Um, the other thing I'll tell an officer, if a KSB or specific experience is not available in any of the lists, use page two of your resume to highlight that skill that you have. There's plenty of text box space on that page two where you can really go into detail of why and how you've attained a KSB. And if you have trouble identifying KSBs, all the lists are posted onto S1Net in sortable Excel files. You can get to that S1Net site through AIM2. There's a link on there, and it's a great resource to get you started. No, that's good information. Thanks. Now, you said 198 KSBs. Um, is there something in the future where they're going to continue to add more KSBs on there as, you know, we go into this modernization of developing more jobs, more equipment, so on and so forth? Yeah, so it, as mission sets change, we think the ATAF or the personal attribute list is going to evolve as well. So, at some point, we may have, you know, well upwards of 200 KSBs, and at other times uh, in the Army, we may have less than 150. It all depends on how the ATAF evolves over time with our current and our future mission sets. So what I'll tell you is, is there's an annual review process every year that we go through and we look at the attributes in the list and we look at the most used attributes. We look for places where we can, you know, combine attributes together so there's no redundancy in the list. Uh, just to make it easier and better for the force to use. So what I'll tell you is, is yes, uh, the KSB list may grow in the future, but it may also very well shrink. Gotcha. Okay. So, I mean, me being a lieutenant colonel and stuff, do I need to profess that I was the supply officer when I was a second lieutenant or 
But what are the ones that I see on there? Do I need to put on there that I was the EEO rep for the unit? I mean, is that I mean, is that stuff from my previous career 18 years ago like relevant to this day? Do I need to add that stuff on? Do I need to profess that stuff? Well, I think what I'd tell you is it kind of depends, okay. right? Um, because just how as you progress through your career, you get better at some things, you also have skills at atrophy, right? So if you were an EEO um, 15 years ago, there's a lot of changed um, in EEO policy and regulation since then. So while you may be beneficial to a unit in terms of your general knowledge, you may not be skilled in that anymore. So it's not if it's not something you feel comfortable uh, doing in a future position, I probably wouldn't highlight it. Now, the converse side of that is, is if it is absolutely beneficial to the gaining unit that you had that previous school, let's say uh, your, uh, your supply example, where you ran the uh, supply room, or you're the supply rooms officer, and you're applying for a position that potentially would have you managing um, you know, something at the higher level as a lieutenant colonel, um, if you can tie that experience back and show that you've developed that skill from a second lieutenant onward, then I would absolutely profess that. Let's move from the officer and let's jump over to the unit side of the house. So why should a unit list their desired KSBs and how does a unit know what KSBs they really need? Yeah, no, those are those are both really good questions and we actually get asked those questions a lot. So it's, it's really important that a unit list their desired KSBs in their positions uh, within the ATAP market because just like KSBs give the units the ability to search for qualified officers, KSBs entered on the unit side allows officers to find and look at a position and determine if they would be a good talent match for the unit. Desired KSBs also help shape interviews during the ATAP market. Units can look at an officer's KSBs and explore how the officer developed a particular ability by asking some very leading questions and really getting at how qualified that officer is for their position. And then on the flip side of that is officers can also ask questions about why a unit needs a particular skill and explain why they think they have it and would be benefit added to that unit if they were hired there. Now, thinking more strategically, when a unit inputs a KSB into a position, they're really signaling a demand side requirement to the force, saying, I really need someone with this type of knowledge, skill, or behavior to fill this position, and this is why. And this helps the Army to identify potential talent gaps across the formation if an individual in the current inventory does not have a particular KSB. And this allows the Army to look at ways to bridge that skill gap through various different avenues of approach. Okay, so provide me an example. So I am infantry unit out at Force. Fort Carson. So give me an example of what type of KSBs they'll be looking for. Yeah, I think uh, a really good KSB um, for infantry units, army units, any type of combined arms unit, or any type of unit in general would be like team building skills, right? We need uh, team players, we need people who can build teams and, and accomplish mission sets. So, you know, if a unit professes that need in the market, and then we go back and look at the market uh, population, and that individual does not exist, we may have a talent gap within the force. And that could trigger some analysis at the G1 level or Army-wide, potentially at TRADOC, to say, hey, look, you know, the units keep professing that need team builders. Our officers or NCOs aren't professing that they have this type of skill. How do we go about developing that skill and filling that gap? It could be that the gap is small enough that we could just have officers and NCOs work on their individual development plans and work on that skill on their own. It could be something that we need to add into our professional military education venue and, and kind of train team building skills at, at, at PME. Uh, there's all kinds of different ways we can use that analysis to figure out how to, to bridge that gap. So I'm ex-unit, ex-commander. So how far out do I need to like 
start populating my KSBs before the marketplace opens so I can start making sure that everything is ready to go and I hopefully get the best talent that, you know, we pick through? It's really a good question in the sense that, you know, you have about two to three weeks to build out your mission essential requirements prior to the market opening, right? And that gives HRC time to kind of go through your positions and look at things. Um, but it really goes back to a knowledge management perspective, right? Because you know your positions are going to be repeated, um, you know, about every two to three years as, as officer and NCO inventory kind of flows in and out of your organization, right? So what I would tell you is, is there's an initial investment up front on KSBs and you have to make, you have to make it early. And you can do that in a number of different ways. I always tell uh, commanders and unit S1s to look at the commander's guide to ATAP. You can find that on talent.army.mil. It's a really good resource and kind of lays out a lot of really good guidelines on how to build out KSBs and things like that. But what I would tell you is to start as early as possible because if you're not familiar with using KSBs, you're not familiar with how the lists work, it can take a lot of time. So just um, start as early as possible. If it's the first time you're using it, you're a new unit commander, a new unit S1, you haven't had that knowledge management from uh, you know previous people that fills your position, I would tell you that uh, you need to start looking, uh, you know, a couple weeks out before the MER process so you can start gathering that KSB data you need. So now to answer the second part of your question, knowing what KSBs a unit needs is a little trickier. I can honestly tell you that unit strength managers and S1s, they can't do this on their own. People with subject matter expertise or specific branch or functional area knowledge, ideally the person currently filling the position you're trying to fill in the upcoming market should be helping the S1 to identify the KSBs needed for a specific job. This requires some planning and coordination on the unit part. Again, this goes back to what I said earlier for the S1s and the unit commanders to start early, but the most successful units with KSB matches take the time to engage members of their formation and build solid KSB lists. S1s also need to look forward to future mission sets because you're typically recruiting nine months to a year out. What KSBs your unit's going to need in the future may be different than what you need right now. So being able to identify those future mission set KSBs is really important. In terms of TTPs a unit can use to select KSBs, they're very similar to officer TTPs. For MER positions requiring active duty officers, you should start with the personal attribute list. Just like, act, just like for the officer side, it's going to be the most relevant and helpful to you. And just like the officers, you do not have to use all the experiential list. Only use what applies to your unit. The last thing I will tell you that is if a KSB or a specific experience is not available in the current list, use the unit comment section to highlight what you're looking for. Some good examples of highly sought after KSBs or experiences are like KD complete captain or major, specific types of deployments and CTC rotation experience. I'm, I'm assuming, you know, for the officer side of the house, they need to be obviously, like you said, keep it updated often and all the time and um, make sure that they are at least a month out or so from the marketplace that they have all their KSBs locked in. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think the good analogy I like to use is you know when we get to uh, evaluation time and we're getting ready to write our OER support form yeah. and everybody always tells us, hey, you know, fill it out as you're going throughout the year so you don't forget what you did. And then uh, rolls around, you're like, what did I do 12 yeah, months ago I'm when I first got here? Yeah, i that a few times. So what I'll tell you about your, your KSBs and your resume, just, you know, work on it like it's like it's an OER support form. So, you know, if something new happens, you've gone to an, a CTC rotation at NTC or JRTC, you've done a really cool platoon live fire exercise, or you, you ran a company's six lanes, you know, if that's an experience you want to highlight for a future hiring manager, as soon as you've done it or completed it, 
just like an AAR process, write down what you did, what you did good, what skills you gained from it, and then just kind of you know keep that to the side so when you go out to build your resume, you have that information there. Uh, that's good advice. So now that you've mentioned resume, let's jump into the resume portion of this podcast. Um, it's important to discuss your resume, and I'm tracking you can build a resume and aim to, and then this document provides a more in-depth picture of you and your accomplishments to provide to the desired unit you're wanting to go work for. So can you provide the listeners some tips on how to really improve your resume or their resumes? Yeah, sure. First, I recommend you take a look at the resume LPD and the officer's guide to ATAP. Uh, Just like we built a commander's guide to ATAP, we also built one for officers. Um, You can find that on talent.army.mil as well. It does a really good job of going section by section on how to build an effective resume. Now, in terms of like the unit you're applying for and what they're looking for, it really kind of depends. If you're applying for a KD job or a KD feeder job in a BCT, they seem to like bulletized short sentences. They want you to be clear and concise about your talents and experiences because they have a lot larger population they're looking at to fill those company command billets and those major S3XO billets. If you're applying for a broadening opportunity like the joint staff, army staff, the intel community, we've identified some of those organizations prefer more of a paragraph form resume. And this gives them the ability to gain a deeper understanding of the individual, and also it gives them the understanding of how that individual can write and can communicate, which is very important in those types of organizations. Um, When in doubt on how to format your resume, ask your hiring manager at the unit you're applying to what they prefer. They should be more than happy to tell you what their brigade commander or their hiring authority looks at in terms of resumes. Another TTP, if you profess a KSB from the attribute list, I think we talked about this a little bit earlier, use page two of your resume to explain why you're skilled in it. You don't have to explain all the KSBs you profess, but if there's something you're particularly skilled in that's going to bring some sort of advantage to that unit. That the unit's asking for. Absolutely. You need to make sure you explain that in your resume. And then I'll also tell you, finally, speak with your career manager. Talk to the hiring authorities, your unit S1s, and other people who've been in the market. Get TTPs from them on how to best build your resume, and then have some people review it before you go final. And the most important thing you do, and I know I've already said this, always keep your resume up to date. Let's say 2nd Lieutenant Lockhart came in the Army today, straight out of his commissioning source, year group 2021. What advice would you give him on managing his career when it comes to KSB and developing his resume? Yeah, no, I, that's <laughs> that's a really can you, good question. Can you remember back that far? I, I, I can. There's there's a lot of things that I would tell Second <laughs> Lieutenant Lockhart to do uh, with his Army career. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of I hit a lot of the resume stuff in the TTPs, but if I could tell Second Lieutenant Lockhart one thing, it would be look for opportunity where you least expect it. I've had a lot of jobs in the Army I really wanted, and I've had a lot of jobs uh, in the Army that were very low on my preference list. Same here. Um, what I will tell you is this, is the jobs that I least wanted gave me some of the best professional development of my life. So you need to be honest with yourself when you're going to the market, right? You know, are you really just picking a location because you want a bigger because it's a cool location? Or is that really where you're going to be best utilized? And I would say, you know, keep your options open. I would tell Lieutenant Lockhart, you may be surprised what assignment's going to give you uh, in terms of development and opportunity in the future. I was selected for a MIT team by HRC um, back when the MIT teams were a big thing back in 06, and I did not want to go do that. Um, but it was one of the greatest experiences that I, you know, got to do. You know, I mean, yeah, it was another deployment, but I learned a ton of stuff of how to be a logistician. 
So, um, any other advice you want to provide uh, officers that have hit a certain point in their career on deciding what their next job in the Army is going to be? Yeah, you know, life can throw curveballs at you, and the decisions you make at a particular time in life are, uh, you know, could potentially impact the rest of your career. Um, so, what I would tell them first and foremost is, is their preference absolutely matters. If you really have a solid reason why you want to get to a specific job or go to a specific location, whether pre-KD or post-KD, you need to actively do your part to make that happen. You can't let the, let the ATAP process assign you without voicing your preference, right? You have the ability to fully participate throughout the market. You, can, you don't just go in one time and input your preferences. You can continuously update them throughout the market. And we highly recommend that because as you do interviews and you talk to more and more units, your preferences are probably going to change. All right. But if you don't do that, if you just go in, you preference once and you're done, you don't do any interviews, you're probably not going to like the result or the outcome you get at the end of the market. Right. Um, the second thing I would say is I would give the same advice that I gave Second Lieutenant Lockhart. Look for opportunities where you where you least expect them. It is a whole lot better to work for a unit that wants you on their team than one that's indifferent to you being there. Um, so I always say, look for units that want you on their team. You're gonna have the best experience there. And then finally, I would tell an individual, you need to educate yourself about the process. You need to understand how ATAP works. We're asking you to do things that you have never done before in order to get your next assignment. We're asking you to do an interview. We're asking you to write a resume. The only way you're gonna get better at those things is to educate yourself on how to do it and practice, practice, practice. So practice regular and often as you're preparing for a market. On that note, Greg, I wanna say thanks for all the great advice that you provided us today. So to our listeners out there, hopefully everyone got a lot of uh, great information out here on what a KSB is, how to self-profess, and how to develop your resume in order to prepare yourself for the ATAP process. Greg, can you kind of give us on when the next marketplace is going to open up? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the mission essential requirements for units is open right now. Uh, they're going to have a few weeks to knock out those requirements, and then it will go to HRC for them to adjudicate those and validate the requirements for the upcoming market. But I believe the uh, next market opens sometime around the end of September, beginning of October. Please tune in next month as Delaney Brown talks with Brigadier General Curtis Taylor, who is currently the National Training Center Commanding General and they talk about the importance of ATAP. And finally, please subscribe to our podcast on Apple iTunes and Google. And for more information, visit the Talent Management Task Force website at talent.army.mil. Thanks for joining us today. Talent wins and winning matters. The Army Talent Management Task Force would like to thank our listeners for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information on Army Talent Management Initiatives, or if you have an idea for a future podcast, please visit our website at talent.army.mil. Don't forget to share with your colleagues.